Welcome to the Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from the Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. This is an interesting time in the history of our church because in December, we're going to celebrate 70 years of existence in this community. And when you get close to celebrating 70 years, you, you have to do a little, you do a little bit of re-examining, and I, I'm a, as a pastor, I do that a lot, as far as, okay, we're here for 70 years, what does that mean? What do the next 70 years hold? What is it that God wants us to be as a church? And so, we've been going through Acts, and we're going to continue on, and, and the first part of Acts, from Acts chapter 1 all the way up to verse 41, we've seen the whole issue of empowerment, about the Holy Spirit empowering us and giving us the power to be the church. Now we're going to talk about what it is to be that church. We're going to look at a passage, and we're going to talk about impacting the world. Because that's what the church is meant to be, is to impact the world. And as you look at a church that impacts the world, you're going to see that there are specific marks of that church. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the, just a general overview of the whole passage today. And then over the next six weeks, we're going to take each one of those marks and look at what it is that should be evident in our church. So we're going to talk about them today. But we're going to talk about that what God calls us to is more than just a theory. So when you and I read this passage... It's really easy for us to fall into the thought process that says, oh, that would be nice if we were like that, but we really have no expectation of that. A lot of times it's just a theory to us about what God wants us to be, but I'm trying to convey to you that with the empowerment of God, what we're going to see in this passage is more than just a theory. It's who we can be. It's what God wants us to be. And it's what God wants us to be in order that we can impact not just our community, not just the county, but impact the world. And the question is, and I thought about this all week, the question is, is that what we want? In fact, you need to ask yourself that question as we go through this passage. As we look at this church, as we look at who they are, you need to, listen, I'm gonna, here's the assignment for today. God, is this what we want? Is this what we want our church to be? empowered by you to be the things that we see here. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to just look at five, six verses today, and we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about them, because we really need to get a glimpse of what God is calling the church to be from this very first church. So look with me at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many... Wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their foods with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being Save. The first thing I want you to see about this church is their determination. A couple things I want you to see. First of all, when you look at verse 42, when you look at the phrase there, and they continued steadfastly, 
it's not just that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which we're going to talk about in a moment. He's going to say that they continued steadfastly, not just in the doctrine, but they continued steadfastly in fellowship, they continued steadfastly in the breaking of bread, and they continued steadfastly in prayers. So what I want you to see here is that term, continued steadfastly, shows their determination. And here's what I want, there's a couple things I want you to see from that phrase, because the Greek language, that phrase, continued steadfastly, is one word. You say, my English Bible has two words. Well, we had to use two words to describe what the one word is saying. And so when I look at that one word that is described in our Bibles as continued steadfastly, it brings out two things about their determination. And this is what you and I have to ask ourselves as a church. Are we going to be that kind of a church? And if we are, we've got to have some determination. And so here's what we need to see. First of all, it reflects that they persevered. They persevered. They persevered in doing the things that we are about to talk about. They didn't give up. You know, that's the one thing that's missing from our culture today, especially from American Christianity. And especially, I can even I reflect upon my own Christian life, and if I'm assuming that we're all alike, it's true for every one of us, is that we lack, what? Perseverance. In fact, here's the thing. We get frustrated because God doesn't operate on our timetable. You and I are used to McDonald's. And we hate the fact that if we put in that special order, that they tell us, please pull over there. It doesn't fit into our time schedule. We're not into... And in fact, you notice how much lack of patience you have because you're viewing the rearview mirror and there goes one car and two cars and three cars and you still haven't gotten your order. Have you noticed that you do that? Am I the only one who does that? Here's what I want you to see. It's because we lack patience, which is a reflection of the fact that we don't persevere. And here's what we do in our churches. God, we want to be all that you want us to be, but we want to be all that you want us to be right now. And we don't persevere to become what he wants us to be. See, you've got to become what he wants you to be. You understand what I'm saying? Rome wasn't built in a day, friends. Spiritual maturity does not happen overnight. And for the church to be all that God wants it to be, there are things that have to be consistently done. And for them, it was to focus on these issues that we're going to talk about in a moment. These key marks of a spiritual and empowered church. They persevered in doing them. They didn't give up. See, we don't see the results, we give up. We might have tried we'll try something else. Let's get a different program. Let's get a different strategy. Let's even try a different church. But they persevered. The other thing I want you to see is, is that the word brings out is, is that they were constantly diligent. Constantly diligent. They didn't just persevere in doing it. They were diligent in doing it. They made it an effort that they were going to focus on these things in order to be that what God wanted them to be. And again, let me just stop for a moment. I said that, that perseverance is missing in our lives. Let me just say this to you. Diligence is missing in our lives. Say, so what do you mean by that? I think I'm doing pretty good. Hey, are you diligent in the Word of God daily? And listen, I'm not just talking about reading it so you can mark off I had my Bible time today. I'm talking about reading it because you're connecting with the Holy God. See, it's just like this. Remember, I've, I've shared this with you many times. The marriage illustration really conveys a lot about the relationship with God. If you look at your marriages, if you are not working on your marriage and making an effort to be diligently seeking that relationship with your spouse, 
you're going to go backwards in your relationship. Everybody know that? You maybe have experienced that. I've experienced that. That's true in every marriage, isn't it? If you're not moving forward, my friends, there are no plateaus. You're moving backwards. And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. And it's the same thing in our relationship as a church. If we're going to be all that God wants us to be, we not just have to persevere. We also need to be constantly diligent to strive to do the things that He has called us to in order to be all that He wants us to be. See, that's determination, isn't it? Now, here's the problem. Before I move on and tell you what those marks are, here's the problem with the North American church today. I lack the determination. I lack the determination. If you were honest with yourself... We lack the determination because here's the thing. We've gotten really comfortable. We don't like hard work. And let's let's just go back to the marriage thing. Marriage is hard work, isn't it? Any relationship is hard work. And being what God has called us to be, listen to me, is going to take effort on our part. And a lot of times we just want it to happen. We just want things to be okay. But my friends, it's going to take perseverance and diligence on our part. It's going to take determination to be all that God wants us to be. So as you're thinking about the question I've asked you to ask through this series, and the question is, is this, is this the kind of church that I want? Is this what I believe God wants us to be? It's going to take determination on your part. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's going to take determination. If we're going to be all that God wants us to be, it's going to take determination for us to be it. Do you understand me? So what's that? We say to George, what are you saying? When you look at 21st century ministry and you look at the world in which we are entering into, we are no longer in the 20th century, my friends. We're no longer in the 50s and the 60s. We're in a new world now that's constantly changing. Isn't it constantly changing? How many of you have seen a lot of change over your lifetime? Yes, a lot. And it continues to change, doesn't it? So that means we've got to start thinking and be determined that if we're going to exist and be all that God wants us to be, we have to have determination to do it, don't we? And so it's going to require from us, listen to me, determination and diligence. It's going to require from us perseverance and diligence. That's what it's going to require. You and I need to do this. Okay, so God, I understand I need to be determined. So what, what is this church, Lord? George, what is this church? We're going to see several different marks here. Number one, look with me in verse 42. It says it very clearly right there. The first thing that they were persevering in and diligent in was what? The apostles' doctrine. So I want you to see, they were devoted to the Word of God. The apostles' doctrine there refers to the Word of God. Listen, the first thing that has to happen in any church is that this book, this special book of 66 books, becomes, listen to me, becomes the center focus of the church. Why? Because we realize that this book is not just any old book. This book reveals to me the person of God, and what He expects and what He wants. It is life. It conveys to me life, the life of Jesus Christ, the life of the Holy Spirit. It shows me. And listen, from this book I get my life. And from this book we get our lives. And so they devoted themselves to the teaching. And the first mark is is that if we're going to be the church God wants us to be, it's going to have to be a church where the people, not just the preacher, because sometimes we can say, well, yeah, isn't that what you're supposed to do, George? You're just supposed to proclaim it. No, no, my friends, you've got to understand something. The implication of the text 
is not just that the apostles were devoted to their own teaching, it's that the people in the pew were devoting themselves to the Word. Let me ask you, how you doing? You say, what do you mean, George? Yeah, I know how it is. This book can become an ornament. You say, what do you mean by that? I ride around a lot of times and I'll see really crammed up in the back of somebody's car in the back window, faded out from the sun, a Bible. Guess what that tells me? It's either faded out or a layer of dust has gathered on it. And it tells you how much that person is using it. But my friends, you've got to read it to get it. It doesn't come by osmosis. You understand? And believe me, if you're sleeping, it ain't going to filter in through the pillow if it's out in the car in the back window. See, here's the thing. The marks of a church is not just that the preaching is biblical, it's that the people are biblical. And what I mean by that is that you get into the Word of God. You read the Word of God. And let me just stop for a moment. We give out the daily breads here. We encourage you to use daily breads. But it means going beyond the daily breads. Daily breads are a tool, but it means that you go beyond them and you read the Word for yourself. Listen to me. And you go to it and you say, like David said in the Psalms, Open your Word that I may see wondrous things therein, Lord. Show me something today for me, Lord. You're speaking to me. It's your word for me. See, the mark of a church, you know when we know we're going to be that kind of a church? Is when people here begin to reflect the word of God in their life because they're in it. That's the mark. Now you say, no, wait a minute now. Boy, that sounds awfully tough. Let's go back. You've got to be determined. What did I say about continued steadfastly? The meaning of it is, is you've got to persevere and you've got to be diligent. So what does that mean? If I'm going to be a man and woman of the word of God, what does that mean? You need to persevere in reading it and applying it to your life, and you need to be diligent in doing it. It can't be just a hobby. What do you mean a hobby? Well, you know, a hobby is something that you do every once in a while for enjoyment. And let's be honest. Our Bible reading a lot of times, and our study of it, and our application of it, is just something that we do every once in a while for enjoyment. It's not really a part of our lives, is it? And that's what we see about this church. It was a church of people who committed themselves to reading your word. So my friends, let me ask you, are you going to read it? Are you going to commit yourselves to it? So they were devoted to the Word of God. The other thing I want you to see, the next mark is, is that they were devoted to each other. And they continued steadfastly, not just in the Apostles' doctrine, it says, but they continued steadfastly, they persevered, they were diligent in their fellowship. Now that fellowship is reflecting, is really, is, is a, comes from the Greek word koinonia, which really means community, an intense community. Now let me just stop for a moment. With any relationship, I just already talked to you earlier about a marriage relationship, you've got to work on relationships, don't you? And when you talk about a church, you've got a body of believers, and let's stop for a moment, let's think about who's here this morning. We've got all kinds of different people here this morning, don't we? All, all our different backgrounds, all our different perspectives, political affiliations, our different views on everything, even different sports fans here. You say, I thought we were all Steeler fans. No, we've got some others here too. But here, here's what I want you to see. We've got all these different perspectives, and you've got all these different people with all their different experiences. Some people will rub you wrong, right? Not that they do it intentionally. I hope not. But here's the reality. You've got to persevere and you've got to be diligent to create a community where we're devoted to each other. That's reality. And let me just stop for a moment. 
I can't be the instrument of that. I can teach about it. I can encourage it. But in order for us to be a community where we're devoted to each other, who does it take? My friends, who does it take? Every one of us. And my friends, they were, they, were, they were committed to fellowship. Now, here's what we do in our circles, in our Baptist circles. We've reduced fellowship down to food. And I hope so-and-so brings that little dish that she always brings. It's great, isn't it? Don't we talk like that? My friends, fellowship is so much more than food. It's devotion. It's community. It's family. So they were devoted to each other. Here's the other thing I want you to see. And, it, and it's in that phrase, the breaking of bread, which refers to the Lord's table. I want you to see, it has to do with worship. And here's what they, it's the focus is. Is they worship in the spirit of the cross. When you come to the table, it's a time of worship. Everybody understands that. When you come to the Lord's table. And, and the focus of the Lord's table, my friends, is what? What's the focus of the table, everybody? The death of Jesus Christ, is it not? The sacrifice that he made on our behalf. And see, my friends, this is what I'm saying to you is missing in a lot of our perspective of worship. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of churches struggle with worship wars. Where people are fussing about the style of the worship service. Where people are fussing about the music or what Bible is being used. And all of that, can I be honest with you, is worship that is focused on what? Self. What one person or one group of people want. That is not biblical worship. Biblical worship is not coming into a place and saying, Bless me, Lord. It's coming into a place and saying, Bless you, Lord. And the basis for that blessing of the Lord is what? The sacrifice of Jesus Christ. See, I think that's what's missing from so much of our, our, our worship is the cross. A focus on the cross. A recognition of the people coming in together that we're gathering here not because we love the music, not because we just enjoy being with each other. We're here because He saved us. He gave us a new life. And I didn't deserve it. And my, what He went through to give it to me. And I worship You, Lord, because of what You did for me. See, they were focused on true worship. My friends, that's what true worship is. True worship is the cross. That's the purpose. It's not my personal feelings. It's not my personal preference. Because when it's about our preferences, it's about who? Ourselves. And that's, my friends, that's the antithesis of Christianity. Christianity is not about us. It's about who? Jesus. Jesus. And so we see that mark. The mark is that they worshipped in the spirit of the cross. Now, there are some other things I want you to see there. And the next thing I want you to see is we see it in verse 43. Notice what verse 43 says. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Here's what I want you to see is, is that they experienced the presence of God. My friends, this is what's missing. Let me ask you a question. Just answer it in your heart, but be honest. When you walked in here this morning, what expectation did you have? Did you expect to meet God in a wonderful and powerful way? Is that your expectation? Chances are, for most of us, no. Chances are, for most of us, we walked in here and we just expected another service. And will George get us out of here by noon? That's reality, isn't it? That's reality. We have grown used, we've grown accustomed to having a concept of God, listen to me, a concept of God, but never really experiencing Him. And so when you look at that passage, you might be saying, well, well, is there some kind of weird thing going to happen? We see stuff all the time. I hear about this stuff. No, my friends, I think you're totally missing it if you're focusing on that. 
Totally missing it. I'm talking about being able to come somewhere and when you leave, you leave saying, we just met with God. His presence was mighty in our midst. And the church that experiences the presence of God and the church that begins to see, praise the Lord, He answered this prayer. Praise the Lord, He answered that prayer. Praise the Lord, God worked this out for me. Seeing the mighty hand of God in our lives. And I'll be honest with you, even when I say that, we have no clue what it means. You understand what I'm saying? We have no clue what it means. My friends, do you have an expectation when you come into this place, when you come to church, that you're going to meet God, not just hear a sermon, sing some songs? See, this is the mark of that church. This is what they persevered for. This is what they wanted. This is what they were diligent to seek after, was the presence of God in their midst. But you know what? We don't know what that is, so we don't seek after it. Or we're afraid of it. Because we've seen some unusual things happen somewhere else. That's the kind of church they were. But it goes one step further about this church. One step further about the kind of church that they were. Verse 44 and 45 says this, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Here's what I want you to see. This is... Let me just stop for a moment. Before I tell you the point, let me tell you what the world thinks. Study after study is being done now. I've read article after article and they're all saying the same thing is that the unsaved in our country view the church in several ways. Number one, that we're hypocritical. We already know that one. And they're right about that. Number two, we are self-centered. And number three, we're self-righteous. We are self-centered and self-righteous. And you know when I read those, I want to get angry and say, well, who are they to say that? You know what? I read it though and I say, you know, you're right. We've lost it. And here's what we've lost. Because this early church had it, and here's the point. They willingly sacrificed for others. Look, remember they had that fellowship, where that community, that sense of community where they were devoted to each other. And so you can see this happening when you've got that many people. And people are in different levels. People have, people don't have. People, people are struggling, people are not struggling. People have been blessed financially. Others have not been blessed financially. And so when you've got that many people coming together and they were devoted to each other, guess what happens? When you're devoted to each other, you become aware of what? The needs of others around you. And this church didn't do what we normally do. Oh, Lord, I pray you'd meet their need. Somehow, God, if you could just do it. I don't think they prayed those kind of prayers. Because their devotion, they did it. My friends, we need to quit praying about somebody meeting the needs of others in our fellowship and looking among ourselves and saying, I'll give for them because I love them. I'll sacrifice for them because they're my brother and my sister. We'd do that for our own family, wouldn't we? But my friends, you have a spiritual family. See, that was the mark of the church there. See, some people say, that's not like communism. No, no, communism is divide everything and give everybody something. This is not what they did. They met needs as the needs arose. And my friends, can I be honest with you? In a group this size, I already know, because I've talked to some of you here, and others I've heard through, that there are needs right here in this room. Well, there's a government program for them. They don't need a government program. They need love. They need us. And that's the mark of the church. There's one other thing I want you to see there from this passage before I give you, draw it all together and give us some things to think about. 
Verse 46 and 47 describes their life together. And so they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Here's the final point I want you to see, the final mark. And this is the point I want you to see. They impacted their world. They impacted their world. And my friends, if you read the rest of the book of the Acts, you'll know they impacted the world. It all started right there at Pentecost. That was the mark. I tell you right now, we're not doing too well on that one. Well, let me give you some thoughts to wrap it up here. I've asked you, I gave you an assignment during, as we went through this message. And the assignment was for you to ask yourselves, do you want to be that kind of church? Didn't I ask you to do that? I'm going to remind you again. Let's, let's go, kind of go back through. Well, they were devoted to, they were people of the Word of God. They, were people who were in community devoted to each other. They were people who worshipped, focused on the cross. They were, just real quickly here, they experienced the presence of God. They sacrificed for each other. And they impacted the world. Those are the marks of that church. And they had the determination, that is the perseverance and the diligence to seek to be that kind of church. Now the first question I want to ask you is this. What do you want the church to be? Because what I just described to you may be appeasing to you, but you have some other concept in your mind about what you want the church to be. Some of you may have a concept of, you know, that's well and good, George, and that's fine, but, you know, I really want a church where, you know, I can just come and be with friends. And, you know, I call that, I have a term for it, it's called a holy huddle. We can just come together and have a group hug. But it's going to take more than a group hug to impact the world, isn't it? And my friends, I've shared with you before, God calls us to more than just do church. He calls us to be the church. And my hope is is that when I ask you the question about what do you want the church to be, your heart cries out, I want to be like that church in Acts. I want to be that kind of a church where I come with an expectation every Sunday of meeting God. I come with the expectation that there's going to be somebody that I can minister to that I love come with an attitude of worship because of the cross. What kind of church do you want to be? My friends, what kind of church do you want to be? That's the question. Here's the other thing. The other thing is, is this, can you see God's vision for the church? Can you see God's vision for the church? Can you see the vision? Can you see the vision of a church of real people? Of real people. Where anyone can come and find Jesus Christ and learn to walk in obedience. Can you see it? See, my friends, it's got to go beyond just seeing. It's got to go beyond being like, yeah, yeah, I like that. It's got to go next to the next level of determination to be that. It's got to be more than, oh, that would be really nice if we were like that. It's got to be now the decision, we are going to be what God calls us to be. God, give us the strength to be it. We've seen the vision. We've caught it. We want to be it. We want to impact our community. We want to impact it. So my question is, can you see it? Can you see the vision of what he calls us to be? The final thing I want you to think about is this, and I want you to do this, is to ask God to make us a church that impacts the world. See, he's got to make us that kind of church. He's got to work in our hearts. He's got to strengthen us. He's got to deal with the issues that are hindering us from being that kind of church. He's got to do it, but you've got to go to him and say, God, I want that vision that you've shown me. I want to be that. I want to be that Acts church. Make us that kind of church. 
Make us that kind of church. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.